This is Indianapolis coach, Reggie Wayne, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the For the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Today, we are going to rewind, review, and regrade the 2018 draft class, arguably the greatest draft in Colts franchise history. Baltimore era, Indianapolis era, there's never been a draft class with this many All-Pros, this many productive starters, this many players that have huge upside moving forward that could make Pro Bowls and All-Pro teams in the future. Just a really, really solid draft, and it started with that trade back with the New York Jets moving back from 3-6, to six, acquiring the 37th pick, the 49th pick, and a 2019 second-round pick. So we turned the third overall pick into Quinn Nelson, Braden Smith, Kamoko Ture, Jordan Wilkins, and Rakia Sin with that 2019 pick. So just an incredible trade back. And then to get the player, we liked that three there at six. It's almost like we didn't give up anything to move back those three spots because I believe Quinn Nelson would have been our pick if we stayed put at three. And I'm not so sure Quinn Nelson wouldn't have been our pick if we were drafting first overall. There's a good chance that Quinn Nelson was Ballard's favorite player on the entire board and up until this point, the two-time All-Pro has justified that pick. The trade has justified itself with the addition of Braden Smith, Kamoko Trey, Jordan Wilkins, and Rocky Asin. Multiple starters, first-team All-Pro there with the first pick. And that's where we'll start this thing off, Jason. With the sixth overall pick in the first round of the 2018 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Quinn Nelson, guard Notre Dame. 32 games. 32 starts, hasn't missed a game, hasn't missed a start in the first two seasons of his NFL career. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's a two-time first-team All-Pro. You really could not have gotten off to a better start than Quentin Nelson. And it's funny because back in 2018, people were saying, you can't take a guard that high. You can't take a guard in the top 10. You can't take a guard in the first round. Well, Quentin Nelson has proven all those people wrong, showing the value at that left guard position, making everybody around him better. He brought a swagger. He brought accountability to the offensive line. He's made Ryan Kelly better. Better. To his right, he's made Anthony Costanzo better. To his left, he's been an incredible addition to this Colts roster and a real building block for what Ballard has built up until this point and is going to continue to build moving forward in Indianapolis. You could not have gotten off to a better start than Quinn Nelson in his young NFL career. Two seasons, two-time first-team All-Pro, and arguably the best player from the entire 2018 draft. Yeah, and I said when we drafted him, this guy's the best player in the draft. He's the most talented player. He's he's a can't miss player. He's been and he's been everything that I thought he would be, and even more. His durability's been off the charts. His ability to do everything that you need an offensive lineman to do, whether that be pull to get to the second level and and, and get downfield blocks and just. The things that you saw at Notre Dame, he's just improved on, and he's gotten better and better. And it's just, it's amazing to me to see the raw talent and ability kid has, and know that he's not even, he's not even to his, he's not even close to his prime yet. And so, just an incredible player. Very, very lucky that things fell the way they did, and I'm just so glad he's part of our team and our future. I think he's. I think when it's all said and done, I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest offensive linemen to ever play the game, honestly. that's I know that's a hot take after a few years, but I just see so much in this kid and so much in his future. I mean, again, like he's not even near his prime yet. And once he gets to that, you're you're just going to see the best offensive lineman in football. I mean, that's just, I mean, you can't get any better than Quentin Nelson, and that pick is, 
A plus plus. I mean, it's a it's a if you're taking a test, it's a hundred percent best pick. I mean, you can't do any better than what, what what the Colts did with that with that pick with that trade. Just an incredible player. With the 36th overall pick in the second round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Darius Leonard, linebacker, South Carolina State. Just when you didn't think it could get any better than a first-team All-Pro in the first round, the Colts, with their second pick, 36th overall, grab another first-team All-Pro as a rookie in Darius Leonard. The first time since 1965 when the Chicago Bears drafted Gale Sayers and Dick Buckus with their first two picks. Two first-team All-Pro rookies. The Colts, the second and only team in NFL history to do so with Quinn Nelson and Darius Leonard. Leonard got off to a fast start his rookie season, led the NFL in tackles in 2018 in only 15 games, won the Defensive Rookie of the Year award, and to date has 284 tackles, 12 sacks, 6 forced fumbles, 7 picks, and 15 passes deflected. He's been all over the field. There's literally nothing this guy can't do at the will linebacker position. He gets after the quarterback. He puts pressure on the quarterback. He sacks the quarterback. He could pick the ball off. He could take it to the house once he gets the ball in his hands, forces fumbles, and he's not just a player that stuffs the stat sheet. He makes impactful plays late in games. He's a closer. He'll get a big sack late in the game. He'll get a big pick late in the game. He'll get a big force fumble late in the game. He doesn't miss tackles. Darius Leonard's all over the field, and you could not get off to a better start than the Colts in this 2018 draft. Quinn Nelson, first-team All-Pro in the first round. Darius Leonard, Rookie of the Year in 2018, first-team All-Pro in the second round. Back-to-back historic picks for the Indianapolis Colts. No, nah, it's a uh, it, home run. I mean, the kid is unbelievable. And, and, and I'll be the first to admit, I thought it was a reach, and I was 100%, 100,000% wrong. When we, when we made that pick, I was 1,000% wrong. And, and, you know, that's why Chris Ballard's so damn good at his job. They're, they're, all I can say about Darius Leonard is he's the heartbeat of our defense. When he's not in there, it's different. It's not the same. He is an incredible talent. I love his drive. There's not anyone that I think is as competitive as he is. He wants to be the greatest player that ever played a game, and he plays like that. He studies like that. He's just such a talented kid. He does all the right things. He is the guy that we are going to build our defense around for the next 10 years. There's just nothing he doesn't do well. He runs to the ball well. He hustles well. He reads well. He sheds well. He covers well. He strips the ball well. He, he, he has great hands. If he makes a play, you know, if he picks a ball off, he can take it to the house. You know, he's so athletic and just so smart. And again, another thing, you know, another common trait is he's just scratching the surface of what he's going to be. And he's already one of the top linebackers in the NFL. These first two picks are just out of the park home runs. If I had to give them percentage grades, I would give them 100% because they're so damn talented. And I think when it's all said and done, I think both these guys are in the Hall of Fame. I really, truly believe that. Barring injury, obviously that's always something you worry about, especially you know linebackers especially because they play such a physical position where you're running distances and hitting hard and all that. Not to say that linemen don't do that, but you're in a, a much smaller area. So the, 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 the buildup of speed is a little different. The impact is a little different. But as long as he stays healthy, he's, I mean, he's just a, a machine when it comes to statistics. And I'm not just talking about, like, the Quell Jackson pile jumping, you know, you know, getting tackles statistics. I'm talking about sacks. 
interceptions, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, those type of things. He does all those things, and he gets tackles, but they're real tackles. They're not like we went through that. We had to call Jackson basically go to a Pro Bowl because he was like a tackle jumper, meaning like he'd come in late and get credited with, you know, an assist or whatever, and he ends up in the Pro Bowl, and he was terrible. Like this guy is the, is the opposite of that. Everything he does is legit. Those numbers are legit. He is a top three linebacker already in this league, in my opinion, maybe the best. I mean, Bobby, you can argue Bobby Wagner, but I think Darius is still on the come up. And I think when it's all said and done, this guy is going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's just a special player. With the 37th overall pick in the second round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Braden Smith, offensive tackle, Auburn, played guard at Auburn, made the transition to tackle with the Colts, has started 29 games over the last two seasons, so 29 out of a possible 32, made all 16 starts in 2019 at right tackle, has only allowed 6.5 sacks, and has only been penalized five times in those 29 starts. So you get an all-pro with the first pick, you get an all-pro with the second pick, and then you get a really solid starter who's dependable and durable with the third pick. So boom, 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 three straight solid picks for Ballard and the Colts. Yeah, and I think Braden Smith, the thing thing that I really, really appreciate about him is – when we drafted him, and I think everyone thought this, I thought, okay, this guy's going to come in. He's going to he's going to be the other guard along with Quentin Nelson, and he was one he was one of the top three guards in that draft. He was he's a very very good talented guard in his own right. But when we had the injuries that we had to Slauson, and then the the other injuries that we had to the tackle, and we had to move Braden outside, he's just found a home there. That wasn't the intent, I don't think. But at this point, he's he's developed into such a solid, above-average tackle, right tackle, that he's – I think he's going to stay there. And the thing is, I think this kid's got the talent to be a Pro Bowl player. I really do. He's gotten better each year. I think he does everything relatively well. And I think he's going to continue to get better. I think he's underrated by the mainstream – or, you know, the, the football media – outside of Indianapolis, but I think in that locker room, people know how good he is, and I think the more you watch him, the more you realize how important he is to our offensive line. He's so good and so consistent and durable. That's the thing I love about our young offensive linemen, and even our older ones. Constanzo is a great example of this, is they're very accountable, they're durable, that's the best thing you can be as a alignment is somebody that's very accountable to your teammates and dependable and does and do the job that you're, that you're responsible for. And they do that. Well, they're definitely a very cohesive unit. What we never saw in the Chuck Pagano, Ryan Grigson era, we have seen in the Chris Ballard, Frank Reich era. And I think Braden Smith is a big part of that right now. And the future, I think this guy is going to be a Colt, hopefully for his whole career, because I think he's a really consistent player. I think that he's only going to get better. He's very young, and I think it was a hell of a pick by Chris Ballard. With the 52nd pick in the second round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Kamoka Trey, defensive end, Rutgers. Had four sacks his rookie season in 2018, only 1.5 sacks last season, but he only played four games because unfortunately he went down with a broken ankle against the Kansas City Chiefs, sacked Mahomes, broke his ankle on the play, sidelined for the rest of the season, but he's a hard worker between the rehab and working on his craft every day. 
with Robert Mathis. If you go on his Instagram page, he's constantly working out. He's constantly rehabbing, constantly trying to get better. Not to say that guys who aren't posting every workout on Instagram aren't working hard, but you could see Kamoko's progress. You could see his training regimen. You could see what he's doing with Robert Mathis on his off days. He's an extremely hard worker. There was a lot of progress from year one to year two. Unfortunately, year two only lasted for about a month before breaking his ankle against the Kansas City Chiefs, but I expect Teray to come back and have a monster season this year. And when we had Robert Mathis on the podcast, he said not only does Kamoko Teray have the talent to one day be a sack champion and lead the NFL in sacks, he said that he believes Kamoko Teray has the ability and the talent to break the all-time single-season sack record. So extremely high praise from the Colts' all-time leader in sacks for Kamoko as he heads now into his third season with the Indianapolis Colts. So four straight picks, four straight starters. Kamoko will be in the rotation there at the defensive end position, and as long as he's healthy, we expect him to get the start and have a big season in year three with the Colts. Yeah, I mean, he started off a little slow, I think, and I think that's to be expected just, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer for pass rushers, especially when, when you're moving up. I mean, he's, he was playing at Rutgers, and he had some deficiencies in his game that, you know, if you go back and listen to the draft capsule that we did on him, I talked about. But the thing is, the guy's gotten better, and I really thought last year, even though his sack numbers weren't huge, I think you said one and a half, he was getting a lot of pressure. And to me – I don't want to say sacks are overrated, but pressure is underrated. And I think he was pressuring the quarterback consistently last year, forcing them into some bad decisions before he got hurt. And you could really see the light bulb kind of come on for him. So it was really, really you know, disappointed for him when he got injured because I thought he was starting to come into his own. I think this year is a big year for him. I think obviously you add Buckner, and you also have Houston there, he's going to get a lot of single block, you know, one-on-one stuff, and he's going to have to win. And I think he, if he improves as, as we think he will, I mean, it being, this being his third season and all the work he's put in, and he's a very hardworking kid, I think he's going to have a big season. I, I could see if he could stay healthy, I could see double-digit sacks for him. I think he's got that type of talent. And I think that with the addition – of Buckner, it's going to help everyone, Justin Houston, Danico Autry, Grover Stewart, whoever else is on the line, and then Ture, whoever's playing alongside those guys, honestly, is going to benefit from that presence of Buckner. And I think Ture could be the main guy that benefits from that and makes a big difference in this upcoming season in our pass rush. If that happens, look out. Our defense could be top five in the league. With the 64th pick in the second round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Tyquan Lewis, defensive lineman, Ohio State. You could make the argument he's the first miss for Ballard in this draft, but he's still under contract with the Colts. He's on the 90-man roster. He has a chance to compete and make the roster in 2020, just like we've seen him make the roster each of the last two seasons. He's dealt with some injuries that have set him back. It's kind of now or never for him in Indianapolis, but he's not a total miss. He's not a Zach Banner miss. He's a player who hasn't lived up to the expectations. He hasn't lived up to the hype and what we expected out of him when we drafted him. He's more like this year's Quincy Wilson. He'll be on this roster or he'll have a chance to make this roster, but 
he has a lot to prove because he hasn't done much on the field. Started six games his rookie season, played in eight, had two sacks, eight quarterback hits, so he averaged about one QB hit per game he played. He was putting pressure on the quarterback, had a couple sacks, was making a little bit of noise, but was set back by the injuries. Then last year, his second year in the league, didn't make a single start, played nine games, didn't record a sack, only had one QB hit. So his pressures went down, his QB hits went down, sacks completely eliminated. He has a lot to prove this year. He's going to have to make this roster first because you look at the depth we've added to the defensive line room, especially the interior. One of the things that Taekwon does have going for him is his versatility to play inside or outside because the last few years he was able to make this roster because we didn't have a lot of talent inside or outside. Now we have a lot of talent both inside and outside with the defensive tackle and the defensive end position. So Taekwon's going to have an uphill battle to make this roster. The competition will be wide open for him to do so. But I think it's a fair comparison to compare Taekwon Lewis to Quincy Wilson. I think Taekwon is this year's Quincy Wilson for the 2020 roster, a player who we drafted with high hopes but has yet to live up to the expectations. Yeah, this, this, I mean, this is a tough one for me because I really thought this guy was going to come in and be – He, I didn't think he was great at any one thing at, at Ohio State, but I thought he was good at everything. I thought he was a good leader, very dependable accountable type guy and he just it just hasn't translated whether it's been you know just slow to pick things up or injuries I mean I really feel like injuries set him back initially but he just hasn't developed I haven't really seen any development from him and and you're not going to hit on every draft pick obviously you know so far we've we really haven't missed on the guys we've talked about I mean we're talking about hall of fame caliber guys guys that are pro bowlers and all that kind of stuff and guys that are pillars of our roster now this is the first guy that's kind of been a disappointment and you know I really think I mean this is make or break time for him and I really think he's going to be pushed in this training camp I had a question about that in our last Q&A do I think he's going to make it through the season on the roster and I'll tell you right now if he doesn't show anything in training camp he's gone because we have guys non-roster invitees and guys on the roster already that are going to push him you had, you know, you had Buckner, you had Day. You know, they're only going to keep a certain amount of defensive linemen, and if he doesn't show something, he's going to be gone. And and that's it's too bad because I think he he can still be a good player, but I, I just I haven't seen anything out of him that leads me to believe that he's going to be on the roster because he just hasn't shown anything. So that's disappointing, but I know Chris Bauer will give him the shot. I know he, training camp, he's going to have a shot to make the team. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of you know players for a few spots, and so he's going to have to show something. But out, out of the guys that we've, we've talked about in the first two rounds, this guy's the biggest disappointment. And it, it really does suck because I really thought he had a chance to be a really good rotational player for us, and he just hasn't been that. With the 104th pick in the fourth round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Naheem Hines, running back, North Carolina State. Hasn't missed a game in his NFL career, 32 for 32, which is really impressive due to his smaller size. One of the reasons why he's not a bell cow back for the Colts, and you'll never see him carry the ball 15-plus times. But due to his smaller stature, usually one of the knocks on smaller players is durability. So far, has not been an issue for Hines. 32 games for 32 games through two seasons. 
137 carries for 513 yards, four touchdowns to go along with 107 receptions for 745 yards and two touchdowns. So he's kind of a Swiss Army Knife type of player. You're not going to give him the ball 15, 20 times on the ground. He's just not that type of player. But you use him out of the backfield. You put him in the slot. You put him out wide. You can pretty much do whatever you want with him offensively. And we're going to see all of that increase this season with the addition of Phillip Rivers, who loves to dump the ball off to running backs out of the backfield. And we've seen that for so many years with Phillip Rivers in San Diego and Los Angeles. And the comparison to Naheem Hines has always been Darren Sproles. He's a Darren Sproles-like player. Darren Sproles had a great career in San Diego when he was playing alongside Phillip Rivers. So we expect Naheem Hines to flourish in that role, catching the ball out of the backfield. And when you look at the way the NFL is trending now, and you look at a running back like Christian McCaffrey with 100-plus receptions and back-to-back seasons, that's the new way of the NFL. And we have a running back who's going to be able to flourish in that role with Phillip Rivers. And we saw late in the season him emerge as a lethal weapon in the special teams game. Because another thing, when you compare him to Darren Sproles, the one big difference was Sproles is an elite special teams player and Heem Hines wasn't. He had fumbling issues on special teams in the preseason of 2018. Not an issue for Hines last year. Nine punt returns, 281 yards, averaged 31.2 yards per return and had two touchdowns, both against the Carolina Panthers. He took over the punt return duties after Chester Rogers went down on the season-ending IR. So we only got a glimpse of what he's able to do on special teams later in the season. We expect to see that out the gates in 2020, and I expect an all-pro, Pro Bowl caliber season from Naheem Hines, not only offensively as our flex Swiss Army Knife type player, but also on special teams as an elite punt returner in 2020. Yeah, I love this kid. I love everything about him. He's just a really, really great kid. And the thing that that really bothered me last year is I felt like he could have had an exceptional season last year, but our quarterback was just so bad that he. J- I mean, I think I think you picked him as your your. I mean, before Luck retired, I think you picked him as your breakout player. And I really think if Luck played last year, you would have seen an insane season from Naheem Hines. I just think he's such a talented guy. He can do a lot of different things. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's an electric. Uh, he's electric when he gets the ball in his hands. I really feel like, you know, he's grown a lot since his rookie year. He had the fumble issues. Now, now he's really, you know, done an exceptional job protecting the football. I think he only had one fumble last year. Uh, I think that was the Buccaneers game, if I'm not mistaken. But, but he's improved so much in the two years that we've had him. Now he's going into his third year, and now we've got Phillip Rivers, who loves, loves, loves to throw to his, his guys out of the backfield. Uh, you just look at Sproles, you know, Melvin Gordon, he threw the ball to him a lot. I, I think he's going to have a big, big, big role in this offense, and I think, you know, this is the year. I think this is the year that you're going to see Naeem Hines, you know, really step it up and be a big part of what we do offensively because he's so good with the ball in his hands, and, and Phillip Rivers loves those checkdowns. He won't screw around. If he doesn't see anybody open downfield, he will check it down. He won't hold the ball for six hours like Jacoby did and then throw the ball 185 miles an hour at, you know, behind the running back. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he's still capable of being a Pro Bowl return man, and I think he's capable of being, like, like Luke mentioned, the Swiss Army knife of our offense. I think that's what Reich sees in him. I think we have the quarterback to do it. I think he's going to have a big season this year. And it was a great pick. I love the pick, still love the pick, and I think he's going to be a tremendous player for the Colts in 2020. 
with the 159th overall pick in the fifth round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Darius Fountain, wide receiver, Northern Iowa. So small school kid, came into the NFL, wasn't really ready, had a rough training camp, rough preseason, didn't make the roster his rookie season, but was signed to the Colts practice squad in 2018, got called up at the end of the season, dropped a pass, a wide, wide, wide open pass in the divisional round against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was late in the game. The game was already over. Had a walk-in touchdown. Ball hit him in the hands. Dropped the ball. It might have been the last pass Andrew Luck's ever thrown in an NFL game. So Darius Fallon had a really brutally rough rookie season from the summer to not making the roster, to getting signed to the practice squad, to getting called up, to dropping that pass in the divisional round against the Kansas City Chiefs. Worked really hard. Came back much, much better. Much improved in 2019. Had a good training camp. There's a lot of promise, a lot of expectations for Darius Fallon to potentially make the roster, the 53-man roster in 2019. Had a good, productive game in the first week of the preseason at Buffalo. Five receptions for 63 yards, but then unfortunately dislocates and fractures his ankle in the joint practices week two with the Cleveland Browns. Sidelined him for the rest of the season. So he got robbed of an opportunity to compete and make the roster in 2019. So Darius Fallon's a player who we really just haven't seen that much of. He'll have an opportunity to compete for a spot in 2020, but nothing's guaranteed, and he really missed out on a golden opportunity last year because so many wide receivers went down for the Colts. Funches went down week one, Chester Rogers on the season-ending IR, T.Y. was banged up. Last year was the opportunity for Fallon to be able to get called up and really make his mark, but unfortunately he was also one of those wide receivers when we were just decimated with injuries at the wide receiver position last year. Now you have the emergence of Pascal, the emergence of Johnson, getting T.Y. back healthy, getting Paris Campbell back healthy, re-signing Marcus Johnson right before the draft, and then going into the draft, drafting Michael Pittman Jr. in the first round. There's a lot of wide receiver talent on this Colts roster. So bearing any injuries, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Darius Fallon to make this roster in 2020, but the competition will be there. He'll have an opportunity to compete, and that's what Ballard preaches. Competition, competition, competition. Fifth-round pick from three years ago coming in competing for a roster spot in 2020 yeah he's an interesting prospect to me because he was extremely raw coming out of college he played at a smaller school uh his first year was pretty much a disaster I mean he, he really struggled in practice uh did not play very well but the great thing about this kid is his work ethic he obviously was not happy with the way he performed in, in his first year and he came back in his second year and just tore it up in, in, in training camp, was just a standout. I mean, everybody was raving about him when he got injured, uh, was terrible. And it really, and you look back and it's like, and you feel bad for the kid because I feel like with all the injuries we had at wide receiver last year, I feel like he might have been starting at the end of the year. I mean, and that could have been great for his experience and all that, but it wasn't to be. He was actually, I think, the first one to go down and with a significant injury. So this is a big year for him. He really needs to come in. And I have no, I don't have any doubt he'll come in prepared and in shape and ready to roll. It's a big year for him. He's got to, he's got to show something. I think he will. I think, you know, when you're coming from a small school and you're thrown into the fire, sometimes it takes a little longer to develop. And I think that's the case with this guy. I think he's got a lot of upside. I love his size. I like his speed. His hands have obviously improved. He just really needs to, to, to come in, put the nose to the grindstone, as Chuck would say, in, in the training camp, and just go out there and ball out like he did last year. I'm really pulling for him. 
I want to see what he can do. I think he brings some, some different elements to this offense. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But as an overall just thought on him as a player, he really hasn't shown us anything in an actual game yet as far as a regular season game. We've seen, we've, we've seen him play in the playoffs. He dropped the ball. You know, it, that's not – I mean, it, it sucked, but it wasn't going to change the outcome of the game. But the season overall, his first year was disappointing. And then you look at last year, uh, he had that solid game up in Buffalo. And then, you know, you know, he had the injury. So uh, we really need to see something out of him this year. I, I, I hope he, he really plays well and I hope he makes the team. But it's not going to be handed to him. I mean, he's going to have to work for it. And there's a lot of guys that want that spot. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays out. I, I just want to see the best man win. I think he's going to gonna have as as good a chance as any of the other guys on the out you know the, on the outside that aren't the big name guys to uh to fill out the end the back end of our wide receiver core so he's got a great shot I hope he comes in healthy and is ready to roll and uh hopefully he can play well and, and make the team with the 169th pick in the fifth round of the 2018 draft the indianapolis Colts select jordan wilkins running back old miss has played in 30 of 32 games through the first two seasons of his NFL career, so has stayed, remained very durable up until this point. But the two games he's missed were the two games last year where Mac went down and Mac missed. So he missed a huge opportunity to take over and be that bell cow back. He went down alongside Mac, giving Jonathan Williams the opportunity to step up and take over for those two games. So up until this point, Jordan Wilkins only has 111 career carries for 643 yards. So he's averaging 5.5 yards per carry and has also scored three touchdowns. He had a 55-yard run that helped the Colts beat Tennessee last year. So he's been really good in his small sample size. 111 carries, 643 yards, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. So up until this point, Wilkins has been really solid for the Colts. Unfortunately, last year, he missed time. When Mac missed time, if he missed any other weeks and had that opportunity those two weeks, we could have really seen what he was able to do when taking the workload, but that workload was given to Jonathan Williams, and we never really saw Wilkins carry the ball 15, 20, 25 times through his first two seasons. So he's still a little bit of an unknown, but in the small sample size, he's been really solid for the Colts. It would be nice to see him get a bigger workload to see what he's really capable of doing, but... Now with the addition of Jonathan Taylor and with Taylor and Mack as your one-two punch, Naheem Hines is going to get in there for his flex snaps, moving around, catching passes out of the backfield. Jordan Wilkins is kind of one of those forgotten players on this roster, and it's really unfortunate because you have a player who's averaging 5.5 yards per carry, and he's just going to struggle to get on the field if he makes the roster in 2020. Yeah, I really like I really like Wilkins, and uh, and I, I think he's really earned the right to to be the second guy. Unfortunately, I don't think the Colts feel the same way about him as as I do. Obviously, they wouldn't have drafted Taylor if they did. I know they love competition, but I think they I think that's kind of the the end of of the Jordan Wilkins experience, or at least a re, I don't think he's going to have a real opportunity to run the ball for us now that we've got the two guys, Taylor and Mac. I really believe Jordan Wilkins is, is an NFL caliber running back. I think that whether it's here or somewhere else, I think he's going to be a solid running back in this league. He doesn't go down easy, good between the tackles. And the thing I love about him is his first year he struggled with fumbling and he didn't play very well. He didn't do well and in, in, in blitz pick up and he didn't catch the ball out of the backfield. He really, he really struggled his rookie year. But the thing that I love about 
the thing I love about him and the thing I love to see in young players is when they struggle, but they, they, they keep working and they don't, they don't get down on themselves and they improve and they, and they start to do the things that they were struggling with. They start to do those things well. In the second year with Wilkins, he did not fumble the ball one time. Uh, he started to catch the ball a little bit better out of the backfield. Again, we had Jacoby throwing him to, you know, the ball to him. So it was very difficult for any of our running backs to really make a lot of plays in the passing game because they were having missiles launched at them if they were getting balls thrown to them at all. But he did improve in that way. And he also improved in, in his blitz, blitz pickup and, and pass blocking. So he'll probably be on the Jets. Uh, you know, he'll probably be another Colt that goes to the Jets. You know, that that's the way this goes. But I, I really think he's outperformed his draft level. He's averaging, like you said, five yards a carry. That's insane. And it's not like, you know, he's run the ball 5. 10 times. He ran 5. it over 100, 110 times. So I, I really like the kid. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think he's ever going to get an opportunity in Indianapolis to show what he can really do. But I I will root for him wherever he is. It's still a good draft to me. It's still still a really solid pick. I don't think his potential is going to be reached in Indianapolis because we just picked another running back, and obviously Taylor is somebody that they look at as as being a game breaking type back and somebody that they're going to use in in conjunction with with Marlon Mack. So a great I think it's a solid value pick. Uh, I think I think the Colts would have been fine using Mack and Wilkins this upcoming year. They obviously thought differently, so they went out and got Taylor, but I still think Wilkins is a solid pick in the 2018 draft, and I think he will reach his potential somewhere else. With the 185th pick in the sixth round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Deion Keene, wide receiver, Clemson. Missed his rookie season with a torn ACL, was coming back last year, looked good in the preseason, but he was never able to get it going in the regular season, the Colts ended up cutting him mid-year. He was dropping passes. He didn't look good. Now, I'm not going to defend Deion Kane's play because we had high hopes for him. He never reached those expectations. But those expectations might have been out of reach and they might have just been unfair to Deion Kane because you're coming off a torn ACL. Receivers are dropping like flies left and right around you. He never really had a fair chance in Indianapolis. I thought we cut him a little bit early, a little bit premature, because last year he was technically a rookie. He missed his rookie season last year. He was a rookie. It was his first time on the field playing in the NFL. He was still coming back off that torn ACL, trying to get his full range of mobility and separation back. So I thought it was a little bit unfair how quickly we released Deion Kane. But, again, he did not play well last year. In Indianapolis, we release him. He's the first and only player from this 2018 draft class to not currently be under contract with the Colts. We drafted 11 players in the 2018 draft. Ten of them are still under contract with the Colts, and I expect at least eight to make the roster in 2020. So this was a big draft. It was a big foundation draft for Ballard and the Colts. It was a building block for the present and the future. 10 out of 11 still on the roster. Deion Kane, the only one not on the roster. After getting released in Indianapolis, he was signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers where he had nine receptions for 124 yards last season between the two teams combined. So between the Colts and Steelers combined, he had nine receptions for 124 yards. So didn't have a great season. I thought he looked better in Pittsburgh than he did in Indy. I really wish we gave him more of a chance. We were out of it at the end of the year last year. I would have liked to have seen us give him an opportunity to prove himself and give him a little bit more time to heal from that torn ACL. Wasn't the case. We hold guys accountable. That's what Ballard preaches. That's what Rake preaches. He was not playing well. He was dropping passes. We cut him in the middle of the season, and now he's playing in Pittsburgh, where he'll be teammates this season 
with Eric Ebron. So we'll see a couple of ex-Colts this year when we play the Pittsburgh Steelers as Deion Kane just unfortunately was not able to live up to expectations in Indianapolis, but he is still on an NFL roster. All 11 guys drafted by the Colts in 2018, and every player Ballard's ever drafted, period, through four drafts, is currently on an NFL roster. Deion Kane, the only player in this draft, though, to not be on the Colts' 90-man roster in 2020. Yeah, I like this pick at the time. I thought it was a great value pick. I was disappointed when we released him. If I remember correctly, we kept, I think it was after the Miami game, and we kept Hoyer, who I would have just shot into the sun after that game and just went with Chad Kelly as a backup. And and then, you know, we ended up releasing Deion Kane, who obviously hasn't shown a lot, but I think having him down the stretch of last year would have would have shown us a little bit more. I wasn't a big fan of that move at the time. Still not a huge fan of it. Uh, I mean, I still think that kid's got a ton of upside. Just hasn't really gotten a, gotten his feet on solid ground. I mean, he went through the ACL injury, then kind of the upheaval in Indianapolis. And, and so now he's in Pittsburgh. And, and I think he will turn out to be a serviceable receiver. But, you know, in the sixth round, you're, you, I mean, to get him, I thought was a – was a good job by Ballard because he's he's a six I think six two or six three, and runs four 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 you know so that that's you take that chance and and obviously it didn't work out here at Indy but I thought that was a solid pick at the time you're not going to hit home runs every single at bat so to speak so uh, I thought it was a solid pick it just didn't work out I just still think Deion Kane will be a solid you know back end receiver for somebody this year I guess Pittsburgh. So, you know, he's still in the NFL, so it's not a horrible pick, but definitely didn't pan out here in Indianapolis. Yeah, and he's still so young. I think the future is bright for Deion Kane. Only had those nine receptions last year, but out of those nine receptions, made a couple of really nice plays in Pittsburgh, and he's still so young, and that ACL really did set him back. So I still believe the Colts were a little bit impatient. I would have liked to have seen him stick around. Like you said, they kept three quarterbacks on the roster. We kept three quarterbacks and two kickers on the roster. So if you cut one or two of those, then boom, all of a sudden you're able to keep Deion Kane. Then at least you could get him to training camp this year and let him battle it out with these guys, give him two years to recover from that torn ACL to see what he has. But unfortunately, the Colts decided to go in another direction there. In the seventh round, the Colts go with a pair of linebackers. We'll just kind of put them together here. With the 221st pick in the seventh round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Matthew Adams, the linebacker, Houston. And with the 235th pick in the seventh round of the 2018 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Zaire Franklin, linebacker, Syracuse. Both linebackers have played in all 32 games, so Adams 32 for 32, Franklin 32 for 32, Adams has made nine starts, Franklin has made two starts, and both linebackers are solid special teams contributors. So you really couldn't ask for more out of your two seventh round picks than still being on the roster three years later, being durable, playing in every game over the last two seasons, and being solid special teams contributors. Special teams is one-third of the game. Both guys are solid on special teams. Neither guy has gotten hurt up until this point. And two years into their NFL careers, they're still on this roster. So you could not ask for more out of your two seventh-round picks than what the Colts got out of Matthew Adams and Zaire Franklin. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can really ask for. I mean, to have two seventh-round guys play in all 32 games in their two seasons and be on the roster both years and, and, and just have any impact at all, it's pretty damn impressive. And they're both really good special teams players. 
Adams is a big time hitter that Sam spot um, as a backup and, and Franklin is more of a backup at the middle at the mic and the, and the weak side, but they're both very good special teams players. They round out the back end of our linebacking core. I think they're both really solid players. I mean, the value we got in that, in this draft from beginning to end is second to none in any draft that I've seen the Colts have just an unbelievable draft. And uh, they rounded it out with two really good. I mean, special teams is a third of the game and we lost plenty of, plenty of games because of our kicking in last season. And you can lose a lot of football games. I mean, going back to the Dungy era, our, our special teams were so bad. They cost us games back then because we just could not cover kicks. And so it's important that you have those back end roster guys to play special teams and be good at it. And our coverage units have been fine. It's just been our kicking because we have a 9,000 year old kicker who was, I guess, injured on top of everything else. So that was the biggest issue last year. But those guys, solid special teams players, very big contributors to our special teams. And so our, our, from beginning to end, this, uh, this draft was a home run. Home run. Yep, it was. And that leads us right into our draft grade. I'm going A+. Yes, you could always do better. But you look at this draft. 11 picks, starting with the trade back. The trade back was an A++. You get a first-team All-Pro in the first round. You get a first-team All-Pro in the second round, the Defensive Rookie of the Year in Darius Leonard. You get your starting right tackle. You get a starting defensive end. You get an electric punt returner who's an offensive Swiss Army knife as a flex. You could play anywhere on the field. And then you even look at the last two picks in the seventh round. You have two solid special teams contributors. Ten out of the 11 players selected by the Colts in this draft are still on the 90-man roster. So one-ninth of our current roster has come from this 2018 draft multiple first team all pros multiple pro bowlers you could technically always do better so you want to leave the door open just a crack for the possibility of having a better draft but up until this point between baltimore and indianapolis i've never seen a better draft than this draft and yes they're still young yes they're going to get better yes some guys are going to tail off and they're not going to be what we expected them to be but it looks like we have two hall of famers in Quinn Nelson and Darius Leonard and other five-plus-year starters in this draft. And you really couldn't ask for more. So this was an A-plus, in my opinion. The best draft, without a doubt, in my lifetime. Pauline had incredible first-round picks. He drafted numerous Hall of Famers. But just the depth of this draft, the first round, the second round, the seventh round, A-plus in my book, A-plus. Absolutely. I mean, there, there, you're right. There, there's, there's been a few drafts. I mean, there's no, there's really no such thing as a perfect draft. There's never been a perfect draft. So that it's kind of like the perfect game as far as an NFL player. They always want to play the perfect game, but they know they're never going to play a perfect game. It's kind of the same thing with drafting. You, you want to have a perfect draft and hit home runs every round, but it doesn't exist. It's never happened. There's never been a perfect draft. There's been some damn damn good draft. I mean, the Steelers, some of the Steeler drafts in the early 70s were, were insane. But for as far as Indianapolis goes, this is an A-plus draft. It's the best draft that I've seen since I've been following the Colts, and I started, I think, in 82, 83, you know, when they are still in Baltimore. And, and as far as Indianapolis goes, from 84 till now, it's 36 years, so – um, I've been follow, you know, following it since then, and I, there's no draft that's comparable to this as far as I'm concerned. From beginning to end, the guy got talent, and he got players that can help the team win, 
whether it be special teams, defense, offense. He got players throughout the draft, and he got really, really good players. And then he also got probable Hall of Fame players. Now, it's super early to talk about that, but those first two picks were unbelievable home runs. Just an, just an exceptional job by Chris Ballard. And what I consider his first real Colts draft, because I really feel like his 2017 draft was not really his in the sense that his scouting reports were all given to him by Grigson scouts. He got his guys in there in 2018. Bam, home run, A+. Plus, great job. Unbelievable draft. And uh, I think this draft is going to be the draft that people look back at when we win a Super Bowl and say, that was the draft that started the, you know, that started the ball rolling. You know, I think we're in for a lot of winning here in the next few years. And I think this is the draft that, that started that. Yep. This was the foundation draft, even though it was Ballard's second draft class, this was the foundation draft. This was the draft where he had 365 days to prepare. He had his guys in there. He brought in Dodds. He brought in Hogan. He brought in his guys. He made the trade back. And this is also probably the only time that we ever see Ballard draft in the top five to have that third overall pick to be able to trade that pick back because the team wants to move up and get a quarterback and to be able to acquire all the picks we acquired from the New York Jets to really set Ballard up to have the shopping spree he had in the second round, then to get Rocky in the next year in 2019, we might never be back in the top 10 with Chris Ballard because of the roster he's built. When you inherit that roster from Ryan Grigson and you suck that first year, it gives you an opportunity to have that top five pick, to be able to trade that back or be able to do whatever you want with that pick to set up your team for the future. And that's what we saw in this 2018 draft class. This class was the foundation of the Chris Ballard era in Indianapolis. And we're going to get into the 2019 draft class. We're also going to start our all 22 for the 2020 season. So we're going to go through each position group in a separate podcast, go through each position group, talk about every player, pretty much every player on this roster heading into 2020. So that should be a lot of fun right here on the Fourth of Culture podcast.